Hi everyone, that's right, I am Rochelle, I'm Dave Hockley's sister, we dress the same. <laughs> you might have seen me around camp, I've got two little ones following me around everywhere I go all the time. Their names are Rosie and Basil and they're my kids and Toby Jackson, is he in the house? He's babysitting, so he might come in a little bit later. Thank you for your time and for listening tonight. I wanna, um, I've got a real exciting message and I want to build on what Dave has been sharing about this weekend already. Do you remember uh, June, July this year, there was the Tam Luang Cave Rescue? Do you guys remember that? So that was an 18-day rescue mission ordeal, if you don't know about it. That was started off as this sort of innocent pre-birthday party bash. Those 12 soccer boys that decided to take what was an innocent jaunt into a cave network in the hill tribes in the north of Thailand. And very quick, they went in with their coach as well, and it very quickly turned into a life or death rescue mission. And I remember listening to it really um, avidly on the news, and it still fascinates me, eh, that because they weren't American or they weren't white, we didn't hear about it first. It was like the fourth or fifth news article, right? But that's another story. Anyway, I was always listening, oh, what is happening with these boys? What is happening with these boys? And do you remember that after nine days, nine days, nine days and nine nights, news finally trickled out through the media that they had found these boys alive and that they had found these boys well and then they were huddled to the side of the cliff well, huddled to the side of the cave network and they were four kilometres from the entrance of the cave. Do you remember that? And as news started to trickle out about this uh, it became this sort of uh, what do you call it, like a, a race against time and a race against the elements because everyone knew that the monsoon rains were coming and they were, they were pumping out the monsoon rains at like 10,000 litres per hour or something ridiculous. And everyone was sort of waiting, the world and its media were waiting with bated breath, are these boys going to make it home? And it turned into this 18-day ordeal and I still, as a parent, I just... My heart just sank every time I heard like the updates. Are they going to make it out alive? <clears throat> I remember reading the BBC website and there was um, one story about the little boy. His English name was Knight. And they interviewed his classroom and one person from his classroom, they had this idea. They didn't really know what to do with themselves. They were feeling really frantic about the whole rescue situation. And so what they did is she decided to get all her classmates together and they fashioned a thousand paper cranes. Did anyone else read that story? As a memento of hope, they fashioned a thousand of these paper cranes, of these origami paper cranes, and they wove them together in this huge, enormous rope, and they hung them. They put it in a special place in the classroom, and they put a photo of night up there, and they hung these little paper cranes as a memento of hope that one day night would walk back into their classroom again. And I remember reading an article, reading, um, watching the, the interview with the head of the Thai Navy SEALs. And they said of the, first, of the rescue mission, before they had found out that these boys were alive, he said, we only had a tiny bit of hope, but we had to cling on to it. We only had a tiny bit of hope, but we had to cling on to it. 
Do you know that hope is the confident expectation that everything is going to work out all right in the end? Hope is the confident expectation that everything is going to work out all right in the end. And these people and the whole world was waiting and watching. Do we have that? We had a tiny shred of hope. Are these boys going to come home? And praise God, they did. Oh wow! What such a it was such a joyful moment when they all made it back. Now I know that tonight you aren't in a life and death situation. I know that you did not crawl four kilometers up a cave network. Did you know that part of the cave network that they like scrambled themselves through was seventy-eight by thirty-two centimeters? What? No, wait, thirty-eight by seventy-two centimeters. And that's like. How many of us could fit through that? That's nuts. I remember drawing the circle on my wall just going, it makes me sick just thinking about it. <laughs> and I know that you aren't in that type of situation. I know that tonight you aren't in a life and death situation, but I want to talk to you tonight about hope. And I want to ask you tonight, where is your hope? Who or what has your hope? Who or what has the confident expectation in your heart that everything is going to work out all right in the end. And I have got great news for you guys tonight because I want to share with you, if you don't remember anything from what I share with you for the rest of this message, or from, but I know that you will remember what Dave says because it's so epic. If you don't remember anything that I share from the rest of the message, I want you to hold on to this, guys. Christians, people who believe in Jesus Christ, have hope because Christ indeed has been risen from the dead. Christians have hope, a confident expectation that everything is going to work out all right in the end because Christ indeed has been risen from the dead. And that's from a book of the Bible called 1 Corinthians. See, the thing is about hope is that everyone has it somewhere. Maybe the fact that your maybe your hope is in the fact that you actually have got a really great career marked out for you and that you know what you're going to be doing when you finish school. You're going to go to this university. You're going to go to that university. You're going to, you've got your career planned out. Your parents know what you're going to do. And you have a confident expectation that, that everything's going to turn out all right because you've got it all sorted. Maybe you've got hope this evening. You've got a confident expectation that everything's going to work out all right in the end because right now, actually, you're doing pretty well. At school, you're doing okay, you've got enough friends, you're acing it in your, whatever you've chosen to study at school, maybe you're sporting, you're really, really good at that. <coughs> maybe you've got hope in the fact that you are madly in love right now. And the way that your boyfriend t- kisses you and touches you and texts you and messages you and spends time with you just sends electricity through your body and you know that everything's going to work out all right in the end as long as that person's with me, right? Because people, whether we acknowledge it or not, we have got hope in something. And tonight I want to share with you why it is so important that we understand that Christians have hope because Christ indeed has been risen from the dead. Because the thing is, is that Jesus was alive and then he died and then he came back to life again. That's nuts. And that changes everything. It gives us a confident expectation that everything is going to work out all right in the end because of the resurrection. And I want to talk to you tonight about the resurrection because the Bible talks a lot about the resurrection. It talks about hope. 
in this way. In the, the book of First Peter, he talks about this. Actually, I've got notes. Dave did it all by memory, and I've got notes. <laughs> The writer of First Peter was a guy called Peter, and he, he talks about hope, and he said he praises God, who has given Christians a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. You know, often what, when Christians talk about hope, they talk about hope in a future tense. And the book of Romans talks about that because hope seeing is not actually hope at all. But I want to talk to you tonight about the power of Jesus Christ raising from the dead because he is our living hope. He is alive and he is well. And if you want to talk to me about that afterwards, I have been doing some reading about why the resurrection is a historical fact, why it is a real fact and why it, is a, why it really happened in history, then we can talk afterwards. But I want to talk tonight about the implications of what the resurrection means. Because the Bible also talks about the fact that hope is for our future. But I know that because of the resurrection, it gives us hope for right now. You know, the book of Hebrews talks about having hope as an anchor for your soul. Do you know that hope that gives you an anchor for your soul? Do you know that hope, that a confident expectation that everything is going to work out all right in the end because God is going to make it work out all right in the end? And does that help you sleep at night? Because I tell you what, since becoming a mum, I really struggle to listen to a lot of what is going on in the news at the moment. And I don't want to be all down buzz and I didn't want my voice to start shaking but I really wanted you to understand that as a parent, when you listen to what is, <clears throat> and as you go through life, when you listen to what is happening in the world, you have got to put your head on the pillow at night and have a confident expectation that God is going to make all things work out in the end. Because there is a lot of horrific stuff happening. But I can sleep well because God, I have hope as an anchor for my soul. And that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a few things that I want to um, sort of flesh out to you tonight about the resurrection. There's three things that the resurrection tells us. The first, of, the first thing is that you matter to God. I know that Esau said this last night. It's sort of been echoed and in the talk so far. The resurrection tells us that you matter to God because you are made in his image. You are made and specially created, especially designed, especially intentionally put together by a creator God. Did you know that the, the, what do you call it, the random circumstances of your atoms and your molecules and your cells bringing themselves together in the exact frame that is you is one to the power of 10 with 40,000 zeros after it. One to the power of 10 with 40,000 zeros after it. You are not a product of just random events and random situations and random circumstances. You are here by a purpose. You are here. God has created you. He has made you in his image and in his likeness. And you have a reflection of himself in you. 
And the fact that God, creator God, would give up his majesty, give up the galaxies, and shrink himself to put on a backbone, to contain himself to skin, to give himself eyelashes, kneecaps, and become a human dude in the form of Jesus Christ shows you what incredible worth and incredible value that God puts on humanity. See, God is the author of human essence. He is the author of what it is to be a human. And we see that in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. The other thing that the resurrection teaches us is that, <clears throat> is that, you, that your body matters to God and that he is the one who restores you as well. See, when Jesus was raised again from the dead, he didn't just, he didn't, after three days, he didn't just gap it straight to heaven. He didn't just disappear and no one knew where he was and even sort of scratched their head and thought, oh, maybe he's in heaven. He actually reappeared in a physical body and he had scars from the crucifixion. See, the Bible talks, the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus was seen after he was, after he was resurrected from the dead. And that teaches us that being a human matters to God. Because a lot of Christians believe, and a lot of Christians will tell you as well, and there's this sort of this, I think it's changing at the moment, but definitely in the culture that I grew up in, there was this idea that sort of Christians are just biding their time to get to heaven, because what we do on earth, little old dirty old earth, doesn't really matter, because heaven's going to be so much greater. So, you know, just hurry up and bide your time as you get through earth and, you know, really, really what we're waiting for is heaven. And I do know that is true to an extent. But what I want to say to you tonight is that because of the resurrection, because Jesus was raised in a physical body, it shows us that what we do on earth matters. Because we also will be restored into a physical body as well. And the Bible talks about that. So the resurrection teaches us that you were created in his image and in his likeness. He is the author of, of the human essence. He's the redeemer of the human existence. So he, after he was raised again from the dead, he, he was around on earth. And it teaches us that what we do on earth matters to God. And the third thing that um, the resurrection teaches us is that it teaches us that no longer does death dominate us. No longer do we have to be bound by death. And I, again, I don't want to be all down bars and be like, you guys are going to die one day. <laughs> but you guys are going to die one day. And I'm going to die one day. And I know that death is this weird, faraway thing that no one really understands, except that it happens to people that, like our grandparents, unfortunately friends of ours who take their own lives, or people in our lives who get cancer. But death is an ultimate reality that faces us all. And because of the resurrection, because of Jesus raising again from the dead, death is not the end. Hallelujah. Death is not the end. Did you know that after you die, you don't just go to black? You don't just go to nothing. You don't just go to the next room. You don't just go to this weird waiting place. The Bible talks about the fact that we are going to live forever. And people who are Christians who believe in Jesus Christ are going to spend eternity in his presence. The resurrection teaches us that no longer are we afraid of death's dominance. Because you're going to live for like a hundred years after you die. And then like a hundred more years after that, 
And then like 50 after that, it keeps on going and going and going, right? But because of the resurrection, no longer do we have to fear death and no longer is death the end. Christ, oh, Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. And tonight I have been praying for you all <clears throat> that it would be an anchor for your soul, that that would be a hope that is a reality in your life, that you would have a confident expectation that because Jesus Christ has been raised again from the dead, that you can, that God, that you know in your heart of hearts that that God is going to work out everything in the end. You know, I know that when you are at camp, or not even at camp, when you listen to a speaker or you want to sort of remember something, it's not very often that words come to your mind. Well, sometimes words come to your mind, but more than often than not, it's songs that come to your mind. And I'm going to uh, invite the band back up already, please. I got the I know that when you are going through difficult times or as you, even as you're just going about your everyday business, right, it's not necessarily sentences that people say, but it's songs. And so there's a word called theology, and it tell, that means like words about God. And we get a lot of our theology, a lot of our words about God from the songs that we sing. And there's a very powerful song that... Ooh, oh yeah. There's a very powerful song that I love and we're going to sing it tonight and I was going to sing it for you but I thought everyone would actually burst out laughing so I'm just going to say it to you. It's a song called Living Hope and the words are very powerful because in the person of Jesus Christ no longer is hope just this future tense. No longer is hope just this far away, far off sort of pie in the sky idea but it is a living hope that you can have in your heart. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Saviour, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. And because of that, it teaches us that you matter to God, that you are created in his image, and death is not the end. So my prayer for you tonight is that you would understand and have and know in your heart the confident expectation that God is going to work out all things in the end because Christ indeed has risen from the dead, and that is worth saying.